And welcome back to the DestroProds.com movies and a television podcast. As always, I'm dead. Jimmy Day, we okay, man? Nah, today I feel like uh, Laurel. Right, so join me today is Yanny. <laughs> Remember that fucking thing? No, actually. <laughs> I don't know what that is. There is... In, the, in last year's version of The Dress... An audio clip is going around, and when people listen to it, they heard someone saying Yanny, and some heard them saying Laurel. Oh, I unintentionally made a reference to a meme then. Thunderbar. Yes. Because like that fucking dress. For some reason, people cared a lot about this. That's what people are. People are caring about dresses? No. Uh, worthless dregs that focus on the absolute wrong things. Yes, yeah, not like us. We're talking about important things, like movies. Hey, at least I remember to vote. Yeah, it I is don't. depressing how many people in my generation just say, eh, it doesn't matter. Hi. When it really does. Well, I don't know about Canadian elections. I know about American <laughs> elections. Yeah, like, I, I know it matters in America. It matters in any country where voting matters. Like, up until a recent amount of time ago, we had this weird robot man who hated Muslims as our prime minister for 10 years. Yay. Yeah, because we don't have term limits up here. Until you're voted Seriously? out of office, you're prime minister. Oh, God. That is very bad. At least I think I don't know. I don't know anything about Canadian elections. The most I know about Canadian elections, I remember from third grade civics and that John Oliver bit about Canadian elections. Oh, man. This is the world we live in. Well, no, that, that, this this all comes from my horrid apathy towards anything that isn't the things I'm interested in. That's why I don't vote. I can't care enough to learn how to vote properly. That's depressing, man. <laughs> I'm depressing. Speaking of depressing, let's talk about movies. It's a caveman. <laughs> what have you been watching? So, uh, I've had a little bit of depression and insomnia, and anyone who know, who has those knows it makes it really hard to give an absolute single shit about anything that you're going to do. Hi. I tried my hardest to actually sit down and watch some things. I actually was like, today I don't have to do any construction work, I don't have to mow the lawn, I don't have to do any chores, I'm going to put on my TV and I'm going to watch some shit. And I watched two things. The first one I'm going to talk about is something that I've already been watching, but I finally started the new season. The Dragon Prince. Okay, I was worried you were going to like fucking come out of left field and go, The Gnomes. No, no. The Dragon Prince 
I'm not enjoying the second season that much. I mean, I've only watched the first two episodes, so it might pick up. But so far, I'm kind of in a... This is this is how you're bringing us back to this story? Really? So how are they bringing you back to the story? Uh, okay, so you return back to the story on top of the mountain with Healer Lady, whose name I can't remember... And they're eating grubs that have ha- that have an illusion cast over them to make them look and taste like delicious food. And I'm like, yeah, that's what illusions do, right? They change taste. Well, it, the illusion magic's all about fooling the senses, uh, altering your perspective. So I would argue that you can use an illusion to fool taste. Mm, these horrible grubs look and taste like a cheeseburger. They have the same nutrition as grubs, but fuck it. Well, I'm just going to stop you right there, because bugs, bugs are actually very nutritious. Okay, then. This piece of shit. They're eating bugs. They're eating grubs. Fucking, so, I am. Like, I'm trying here, man. I don't know what? anything about the Dragon Prince. I'm fucking trying to contribute in some way, some form or fashion. <laughs> um... And it's, like, my my absolute favorite part, and I think this was in the first episode, the woman who is up there with him basically told one of our main characters, your dreams are stupid and it will never work. Woo! Crush that shit early. <laughs> Public education system. It was, it was so, like, it was, she did it so politely, but it was so, like. Oh, sweetie. Like, your dreams are stupid. Okay, so specifically, uh, one of our main characters, one of the princes, the white one. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 there's a white one and a black one, so I can do that. I know, I know, it's just... <laughs> the white one wants to be a mage. However, he wasn't born with a connection to magic, as far as anyone's concerned. So he was told, no, you cannot use magic. And he was like, please? And she was like, no. Until finally he was like... How about you just explain what you feel to me so I can at least try and understand? There's no problem with me trying, is there? So she finally broke down and explained what moon magic felt like to her. And I was like, I really like that. Because now you're actually setting a precedent for him learning magic the mundane way. Learning how to comprehend the complexities of magic. I really liked that. What I didn't like were... uh, Goofus and Gallant showing up. That is, uh, the evil mage's two children. Okay. Um. Again, I know nothing about. I know nothing about this show. If you, if I had, I might have gotten that joke. They, they. Well, at one point, uh, the, okay. So the mountain is known as Katale, and the idiot brother makes a joke, calling it. Uh, you know why it's called that, right? It's because it's. The catalyst mountain in the land. I want him to die. Exactly, that's how I felt. And then the sister picked up a pile of mud and said, I guess you could say this is the shortest. And I was just like, why does the main character want to sleep with you? Just kick their legs out from under him and drown him in the mud. And That's now. what I want. Sadly, I think we're going to be stuck with him for a little while. Fuck. Um, yeah. Well, um, I'm watching this show then. Like, the most interesting part 
is like what evil mage is doing while they're not there. So like I'm waiting for those two like plot lines to get intermingled. I guess he's like enjoying the solitude and not having to deal with those fuckers. No, he is trying to start a war. Okay. So the continent is divided in half. The human side and the magical side, where the elves and the dragons and all that shit live. Yeah. And they, like, the humans stole a dragon egg, which is where the dragon prince came from. And the dragons are about to just murk their asses over it. As you would expect dragons to do. Yeah. So evil mage is trying to get, like... He is, like, as close to not actually being evil as you can get without going over. Because all he wanted was to save the king. And then the king said, go fuck yourself. So he abandoned the king. Now he all he wants to do is save the country. And they're like, well, only the king can save the country. So he's like, fine. I'll forge the king's signature. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he does evil shit all the time. So, like, that's why he's still evil. Even if he's do, try, trying to be positively motivated or whatever. But, no, I fuck, I fucking love it. Um, like, he is the best part. Hands down. And he's followed closely by Elf Girl. Whose name I can't remember. Because, fuck it, I can't be arsed. Yeah, fair. And, and she is the best. Because she's the only reasonable one. <laughs> hey, the area's dangerous. Maybe we should move on with our quest. Nah, we want to stay here and do stupid shit. Well, fuck the lot of you then. Quest? Stupid shit. Fine, fuck you. I'm going to go on patrol. <laughs> so she's trying. So the, so the, so the every other character is doing like the child show shit of like, hey, look, a thing that's shiny. Let's go touch it. And she's like, that fucking dude. <laughs> yes, actually. I'm pretty sure that happened at some point. <laughs> Though she does get shown things and learn lessons as they go on, too. So We want to go on an adventure. Oh, fucking God damn it. The DM is looking at you like you're a fucking idiot. Let us move on. There's literally the there's literally a fucking sign that says quest this way. I absolutely loved one moment. Um, evil witch girl cast a sleeping spell on her. So the elf, realizing that a sleeping spell was being cast on her... Jabbed a thorn into her hand so she couldn't fall asleep. Yeah. That caster should have known. Elves can't be magically put to sleep. What? What was that? She should have known elves can't be magically put to sleep. I mean, what kind of level, what level of caster is she? Was this her first wizard? Oh, very early level. Very early level. I also love a bit of the humor. Um, it, it, it's, it's a stupid joke, but it makes me smile. Uh... She has this potion that she drinks every morning, and she calls it her hot brown morning potion. Ugh. And specifically tells her idiot brother not to talk to her until she's had it. After which point, she's like, all right, tell me your idea. That is a stupid idea. <laughs> it's like she knew it was coming, delayed it as long as she could. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, but... I know that, like, hey, your hot brown morning potion is a coffee. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a shit. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> like, what can brown do for you? Uh, honestly, given what they use, 
I would not be ser- I would not be surprised if there was like a little bit of shit in there. Uh, like, Excuse me, I gotta go make the hot brown morning potion. <laughs> oh God! I abs- another thing that I absolutely love about about this is um, how casual she is about dark magic. Like, like they call it dark magic, and she's just super casual about it. Yeah, I that that like. Hey, I made pancakes. Ah, just a touch of dark magic in them. Yeah, I, it's 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 a thing that always kind of bugged you about magic as having as the magic having morality built into it. Well, dark magic quite literally rips the essence from magical creatures to allow you to use it. So you literally have to kill someone in order to kill something in order to use dark magic. Yeah, but how fucking how fucking many things are like, or I guess we're just gonna fucking rip this chicken's head off and then bleed it into a bull in order to find out the future. Yeah, but that's dark I've, magic. No, I've seen I've seen fucking like I've seen fucking like, you know, good wizards like, all right, yeah, so I'm just gonna fucking put in these newt eyes into this fucking potion and then we'll see what's happening. As far as I know, that's not the case in this show. It's always like, been like in this like, show. Like like fucking it's it's all it always it differs a bit from like fucking thing to thing, but there are shows I've seen where it is where it's like all right I'm gonna use my good all right so I the good wizard shall take these chicken feet I ripped off this morning and then cast a spell to stop this evil from happening, and then another show it's like oh no she's using horrible dark magic to teleport. Yeah, yeah. Fucking once upon a time was the worst with that shit. Just he uses the most evil and horrid magic in the land. What's he doing? Making gold out of straw. What? Like yeah, that might fuck up the economy, but like Honestly, if he's smart, it won't damage the economy at all. I mean all he has to do is make sure to only distribute it to a single source. Yeah, himself. But th- but then yeah. Ah, oh, fuck that that fucking show. The goddamn main heroes, the the like moral pillars of that fucking show, stole a baby and put all their fucking kids' potential evil into it. And then dumped that baby into a fucking portal. Just to fucking wherever. What? Yeah, that was a, that was a, a plot point in fucking Once Upon a Time was... Prince Charming and Snow White were worried that their child might be might be not the perfect baby. So they went and stole a dragon's baby. Dumped all like did a spell to dump all their fucking unborn babies evil into that baby. Which then it broke into a dragon. Pardon? They chose a dragon. Yes, but here's the thing. When the baby was born, it was human. A little baby hand broke through the eggshell. Okay, so back to the dragon prince. <laughs> hey, I was being on topic. No, that that made me angry. I need to stop talking about. Oh that. no, wait, sorry. It wasn't. It wasn't a dragon. It was Maleficent. Oh, they well, stole Malef. They stole stupid. Maleficent's baby, which that's is the reason. Which is one of the reasons why Maleficent is trying to kill them. I am so glad I stopped watching that show. I stopped watching that show the season before they switched over to the entirely new show for the last season. 
The one where they replace half so the cast. Glad I, so glad I stopped watching that show. <laughs> it's a bad show. Well, when I was watching it, it was still a good show. Yeah, but, like like um, the first anyway. like the first two seasons. Like uh, another thing that I uh, loved, another moment that I loved is uh, so in the previous season there was a spider that like was just pretending to be scary, and like it just wanted someone to play with, I guess. And like, I'm still not quite sure about that, but I think they have a spider buddy now. Yeah, it's like I want friends, but I'm gonna be mean. Oh, anyone would be but, friends with me. But it shows up, like, in the very beginning of, like, like it, it shows up while she's on patrol. And Elf Girl's just like, I don't have time for you. And he's so sad. <laughs> he's so sad. It's great. It's great. It is absolutely wonderful. Oh, my God. It's like Billy's like, spider son in the Grim Adventures. It's it's so weird. There's so many things that are just uh with this show. And then like it does things that are like, yeah, I'll keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> so it does just enough to break even on keeping your interest. Yeah, yeah, it does. Except it, then it'll do moments where it's like, and now we'll have a pancake breakfast with our enemies. I think my biggest problem is the fact that the prince is still refused to admit that there are a fuck ton of bad guys on their side. I really hope that when we get to the other side, there are also a fuck ton of bad guys. You know what I mean? No, watch, they get over there and it's all perfect forever. That would piss me off. That would make me stop watching. Just, it's bossing, say, but without, like, the dark undertone. Mmm. That would be annoying. Because, you know, this show is from the writers of Avatar last year, bringer. Ooh. That means it's just as good. You should watch it. I keep hoping for that that Avatar level of quality. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's never happening again. For a few reasons. The stage two for Avatar last year, Benjamin. Live action coming to Netflix. Whoa. Ooh. You're getting better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's not a bad kids show, and it actually has a lot of potential. They just need to actually access that potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it seems like they're going for, like, a multi-season thing, just like with uh, Avatar, so... Like, it might just be that they have too short a season to get, like, what they want across in the first season and second season alone, so. Yeah, but, like, even with, with Avatar, up. even if they had their whole, like, multi-season thing, they still just had single episodes. Yeah, and there have been single episodes that were really solid in the first season. Like, I genuinely, I enjoyed the first season enough to go all the way through it, and then to continue on with the second season, even though I didn't feel like watching anything at all. <laughs> I, no, seriously. No, I, I, trust me, I get it. All day yesterday, I was like, I could turn the TV on and continue watching. Fuck it. 
Okay. Like I, I didn't even turn my TV on yesterday. Trust me, dude. Until I get my that. wife got home. There have been days where I haven't eaten anything because eating would be too much hassle. So being that that was the show I chose to try and get myself out of the funk of I don't want to watch anything. Like that says something. Yeah. And then on to the show that put me back into the funk. <laughs> I, that's not even saying that it's bad. It's just saying that I couldn't drive my interest anymore after watching like a little bit of that show. Uh, it is the Netflix original, The Order. Okay, I have been, I've seen ads for that. I'm just like, should I try this? It's interesting. Okay. It centers around college-age male who gets an acceptance letter to college. Uh, and the, in the background, like, oh, magic talk, magic talk, magic talk. So, like, you know from Get, there's going to be, like, magic and supernatural stuff and all that stuff. So All that jism. Like, like I like magic. I'm interested in magic. I'm going to watch something that has magic. Uh, and then we get into it, and he has a father figure mentor that, uh, he's a conspiracy theorist whose only goal is to help the college boy kill his father. So the I'm father, not sure why. So the father figure the, is helping college kid to kill his dad. I think, I, like, they say destroy. I am assuming that means kill. But, um... Yeah. I'm not sure why, because I might have gone to the bathroom when they explained that bit, and I could not care enough to go back. Nice. Um... And, he, so he gets to school, and, like, oh, they're, like... Meet cute girl who was obviously love interest. Give tour. Talk about secret cult beneath school. Okay, whatever. Very, very passively um. flash from a dick. <laughs> Does she seem interested? Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets recruited into the secret, like, order thing as a neophyte. Uh, it's what they call pledges. Uh... And he actively learns about magic, learns that it is real, um, faces down a werewolf, and, like, so, like, something is hunting the neophytes. That is a big thing, that is a central theme, it is a scary, scary thing. Eh, it's just hazing. It's, it's rush week. And... The magic freshman 15 is losing 15 pounds because I got eaten by a werewolf. Then they conveniently forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, what? Okay, so the werewolf kills several students, at least as far as we know. The werewolf kills several students. And our main character is dead set on hunting him. So he gets a stupid guy friend uh, and says, hey, let's go hunt the evil werewolf. And the guy yeah, friend's dude, like, totally. yeah, actually, yes, that yeah. is exactly how he's like. He's just like, yeah, let's do this. Woo! 
And I'm just like, yeah, college is oh. going to be fucking sick, dude. We're going to go slay this werewolf. They're going to go slay some fucking puss. Uh, not, not too far off. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's up? My name's uh, Tanner. There is a character who talks kind of like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so while they're out hunting, he finds, like, he he and Attractive Girl get attacked by a golem. A golem made of clay with, you know, the command word carved into it and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Traditional golem. Yeah. And they just, and he just decides at that moment, it wasn't really a werewolf. It must have been the golem the whole time. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't mind seeing a show where like a golem did that. And then one character is dead set on like hunting down the Jew, like try, like, like it's like, all right, do you figure out who do it? All right, here's a list of all the Jewish students in school. Dude, what the fuck? Like, what golems? Yeah, that would that would be a dark take on it. Um, Just I one think they guy do specifically that. mention that it's from like Hebrew, like like from their side of things. So, but like they're not like, oh, it has to be a Jewish person. They're like, it can be any mage. Uh huh. And he even says, "Sounds like it's pretty easy to do, if you ask me." No, yeah, uh, I, he has a very he has a very like piss take attitude as far as magic is concerned. No, but yeah, we just, get, we just get like Tanner in there who's like, y'all dude, it's like totally Jewish. I know I read like this book about golems. They're like totally Jewish. And it's like, dude, literally anyone can do it. But like then like, so he gets sent back to his room by attractive girl who he wants to sleep with and he's not happy about it, but whatever. And then... I think it's his doormate. Again, I'm not quite sure about his relationship to this character. <coughs> but this the guy who talks like Cha, ja, what up, dude? Do you think he felt pain like as he died? And th- these are this is seriously how he talks. Whoa, that like Yeah, all kinds of red flags like, from this guy. Hey, yo, bro, do you think like when that fucking thing, like, just totally fucking ate it and died. You think you, like, felt pain or, like, terror about the unknown after death? I, he, he comments, like, he was here for such a short time. It's like, was he even here at all? Did he even exist? And I'm just like, oh, my God, you were such a pothead. And then Buddy, and then, yeah, and, and then his buddy just puts down the bowl. It's like, what? But, but this is where it gets interesting. He talks like that because he is the golem. <laughs> he is the golem. <laughs> That's why he talks like that. Why he acts like that. It's because he's trying to understand humanity. <laughs> I know. Oh my I God. know. That is incredible. I know the golem's a Chad. Yes, his, but his name is Clay. Yes. Oh, yes. Feel that my is pain. Amazing. That is spectacular. Feel my pain. <laughs> that is fucking incredible. <laughs> that what? Who, who the? Oh God! I and need to re- find the guy who made the decision and shake his hand. 
<laughs> and the reason that the golem's been going around killing neophytes was because one of the witches wanted her son to get into the order, but he'd been passed over because he was a loser. So she was killing off all of the better options oh my God. in order to get her son in. Oh, fuck it. Oh, God. I need to watch this now. Fuck it. God damn it. You piece yeah. of shit. So, uh, college guy uh, gets accepted into the order because he killed the uh, golem and, you oh, know, all Clay. that jazz. He's my favorite character. Oh, don't worry. He comes back. <sighs> I don't know if he's in more episodes past where I last saw him, but the job he is doing is possibly the greatest and most disturbing thing I've ever seen a character have to do to the person who made him. Oh, okay. So, he like he gets accepted into the order and then finds out that the person who is in charge of the order is his father. Oh, snap. Yeah. Uh, so, fuck Biscuits McBurger Town. That's not a good thing. <laughs> Except for the fact that his father doesn't recognize him. As far as I know, again... Fuck uh, Biscuits McBurger Town. <laughs> don't question me, bitch. I will question you however the fuck I want to. Just, but, let, me, just yeah. let me write that down before I forget it. <laughs> gonna use it in the future. Or is it gonna be the title of the episode? Figure that or hot brown morning potion. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You, the title should be, I'm going to have my hot brown morning co- potion and fuck biggest Biscuits McBurger Town. It's a bit big for the title part. I don't care. I do. <laughs> I need to think about the formatting. Oh, man. <coughs> but yeah. What the fuck so... is this show anymore, man? I don't know, man. You're you're doing it with me, for, of all people. Like, you could get somebody with talent. No, I can't. No, you couldn't. I can barely get anybody so else. Um, Fuck, Reddit is too good for me now. But... So, he's now a member of the Order. Ooh. And, and then he, like... Again, like, I don't know if I blinked... Went to the bathroom or was was cooking when this happened. But apparently he turned into a werewolf and ate an entire deer. What? Yes. He turned into a werewolf and ate an entire deer. Just like... And, and bro dude, I'm up for anything, is the one who explains it to him. So is because bro dude he... Clay? No. No, Bro Dude is not Clay. But Bro Dude is a werewolf. And so he is the werewolf. So there's just two what? Bro Dudes. There's Clay who, who talks like a Bro Dude, and then there's Bro Dude who acts like a Bro Dude. Does that make sense? Have they interacted at all? Uh, the, uh, Clay attacked him while he was in Golem form. So That's about it. Okay, so because I need a road trip movie with these two guys, <laughs> they need to start a podcast, just talking about existential shit, <laughs> where one of them is like really like self reflect, like self reflective and in and like introspective and stuff, and the other guy is just there to fuck. 
<laughs> but so like okay, so the werewolf like turns out to like have been like he's part of an order, another group of people, another secret cult that hunt uh users of evil magic. <sighs> I am not even kidding. So I think what the intent here is they were hunting the golem because it was e- it was magic being used for evil. I think that's what we, what we were supposed to interpret here. Okay, so well, so are they hunting? Do they hunt evil magic or magic used for evil? I have no idea. Is evil magic a thing? Is it is it once again in that stupid fucking realm where it's oh we cast a spell? You can't do that. That's evil magic. Why? Because we said so. Fuck off. I am not sure. I am actually not sure. <sighs> I apologize for being unaware of things at this moment. Now, like you said, you're only two episodes in. Yeah, like I, I, th- I, I genuinely think I'm going to have to go back and rewatch, just because, like, I think I missed some shit. Uh huh. Um. But like it is surprisingly interesting. And this is the this is actually the part where I stopped because I was like, I am not in the right mindset to watch this this show. In order to prevent too many questions from being asked, the leader of the college's secret order cast a spell to rewrite everyone's memory. And then when the overall leader of the order is like, isn't that going to be a bit harder in this modern age? She's like, I'll just post it to Twitter. (laughs) And I was like, so are you saying that you're going to post the false information to Twitter and utilize the falsified memories in order to get away with this? Because if so, that's actually kind of brilliant. Like, that is a good acknowledgement of how magic would have to interact with things in this modern era. No, just, just, I like this. Just post a gif that's a fucking weird, like, magic rune that anybody who sees it, it just erases everything. Technomagic. Hey, this isn't Shadowrun for the edition. <laughs> no, come on, man. I gotta, ca- I gotta cast this fucking cure wounds into the computer to get past the firewall. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Ugh. I shot the computer with my magic bullet so it's hacking. Anything else to say about the order? Um, it's really good. I'm definitely gonna go back and rewatch the first two episodes just because I don't fucking understand what happened. Um Give it a chance. If if you're into that kind of shit, give it a chance. Darn It'll be worth your time. Cool. Ah, so anything else? Uh, I watched a documentary on uh, Einstein, but I doubt you know. <laughs> I doubt you'd be interested. Yeah, no. All right then. So, uh, speaking of two episodes in and magic. Oh Lord. I have uh, started watching, well, started rewatching, I guess, uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Yes, this is a show that I've 
probably talk, I think I've talked about it on the show before. Maybe not with you. I don't recall that you talking about this show. Yeah, so this is a BBC series adapted from a book. Um, and you might be really into it. I'm really digging it. I, I, I tried watching it a while back. I may or may not have finished it. But given my memory being what it is, I don't remember what I have. I don't remember what happened fucking two weeks ago, let alone years ago. So, Jonathan Strange, Mister Norrell is set in a alternate history Napoleonic War era England, where magic is a thing. Like magic exists, magic is widely known and and accepted as a factual thing that exists, but no one does it. For whatever reason, 300 years ago, people in England just stopped doing magic. Why? Uh, something to do with the Raven King. This this old magician who was around back then, but then 300 years ago, just fucking fucked off to the fairy world, and then magic just stopped happening in England. Okay. I have we haven't gotten like super deep into like the history. Of what happened, it just they have very they have very much hammered home the idea of three hundred years ago magic stopped being a thing. And so I might have to suggest this one to my wife. Yeah, and so we start out in the in Yorkshire with the York Society of Magicians, which is a group of fat old dudes in fucking wigs hammering the table about oh yes magic is proper. Blah, 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 blah. And anybody who suggests, and anybody who like tries to do magic is like, oh, that's not proper. We're English gentlemen. Gentlemen do not cast magic. We discuss it. <laughs> because they're fucking idiots. I want to stab them. I want to stab them. Yeah, so one man, John Secundus, is running around trying to actually do magic for realsies. He has, he has a spell to, like, he bought a spell off this old fucking beggar, this street magician, to put together two things that have been torn apart. And he just can't get it, fucking get it to work. One guy in the society is like, hey, you're right. We need to fucking do magic for realsies. But anytime they try to get their hands on any actual books of magic, they've already been bought by somebody called Mr. Norrell. So they go and track him down and try to get access to some of his books. And he actually is... Amenable to them reading some of the books, as long as they do not take them out anywhere. <clears throat> they get in, see some of the magic shit, and go to the York Society, and they're like, hey, we found a real magician, a real practical magic caster. Uh, to which the response is, <laughs> you know, fucking chortling. So, they have a bet with them. And so they go to, so they go to fucking this abbey. Where Mr. Norrell brings all the statues in it to life. They're all talking, moving, doing all kinds of shit. And thus, magic is brought back to England in a really big way. Norrell begins a quest, much to the much at, much at the uh, behest of his like little manservant, to try to bring magic back proper to England. And specifically, use that magic to help out the war effort. Oh, the war effort! Yes, it is! This magic, magic can help the war. Stop the war. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, once he gets to London proper and goes to talk to uh, the current Minister of War, Secretary of War, fucking whatever, the guy in charge of war, uh, he says, oh, you're a practical caster. Well, a practical caster isn't proper. 
Get the fuck out of my house. What? Really? Basically. This is a Because very- you can actually do magic. No, 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 no. Oh, that is entirely unbecoming of an English gentleman. This series is incredibly British. Then I think my wife would love it. Like the British ideals. Like simply old British ideals. Are heavy in this. But yeah. Uh, so he. So uh, that guy who initially chased him out of his house. His wife dies. So. Norrell is, so Norrell is like, hey, I can use this. Oh, no. So he brings his wife back from the dead. Oh, no. With the help of a fairy. Now, fair, uh. now fairies in this aren't fairies like, you know, little fucking pixie wings or whatever. They are beings of immense magical power from another dimension who don't give a dick about anything except what they want to do. And any magician who, like, uses fairy magic, there is a easy, like, n- like near 100% chance that what they want will be misconstrued and fucked over in some way. Mm-hmm. For example, in this, um, what the, the deal that he makes with the fairy, who is only known as the gentleman, uh, is for half her life, you will bring her back. You, you will then have half of her life. That's... Yeah, the interesting. Yeah, the idea is she's like 19 right now. She would live potentially another 75 years. Half of that 75 is the fairies. That's obviously not how the fairies going to take it. Actually, that is kind of exactly how it takes it because for cuz half her life she's asleep. So whenever she's asleep, she's his. Thus she doesn't actually sleep. Oh, that's very bad for her. Yes, and spends the entire night dancing. She's going to die again. No, she just goes insane. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, like like while like her physical body gets the actual rest of sleeping. Her mind doesn't. Her mind never sleeps. So she is just slowly losing her mind from exhaustion. While her husband is losing his mind from the fact that his wife is going crazy. And then there is Stephen, uh, a servant of theirs, uh, who, just for reference, yes, he is black. Because it's the past, and the past sucks. Uh, But he's involved in this prophecy uh, where a slave will become a king. Oh, that... Oh, that that never ends well. No, of course it doesn't. The other part of the prophecy is that two mages will appear uh, in England. One will one's name will be fear. The others will be arrogance. Both will fail. Norrell is what? fear. Norrell is the most. Norrell is a. Uh, so you remember? Uh, I, I don't remember the actor's name. You probably won't know it either. Uh, but you've seen The World's End, right? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I love doing that. <laughs> okay, so for anyone who has seen The World's End, 
Uh, the, I believe it's Pete, the weenie one who never fights and just kind of like spends a lot of his time running away. And by the end of the movie, he has gone back. He has been replaced by a blank and so goes back to his family as the blank and just kind of hangs out with his kids. That guy. That's Mr. Norrell. And so, yeah, he is, he is the joke of an Englishman. Like, like he only, like he only insists on doing what's proper and stuff. And he, but and like he, like when, when he starts like actually doing magic for real and is able to like, and is able to get people on his side in the government, his first demand is that anybody who practices street magic is outlawed. And if you try to practice street magic, you, you're arrested. What a dick. Yes, because street magic is not proper English magic. As he's doing all that. Meanwhile, different side of the country. There's a man named Jonathan Strange. He is a man who has no purpose in his life outside of marrying this girl he's into. And that girl's like, fucking get a job. Get something in your life that actually means something other than me. Like, I love you, dude, but fucking, you need direction. You need purpose. You need at least one direction. So, shortly after this conversation happens, his dad, who is a right bastard, just fucking dies. And he he dies, I believe, because he was busy tormenting his servants. Even more of a hooray. Yeah, like I'll add in a hip hip for that. Yeah, like like one of his servants was uh, had like a cold or like some kind of allergies to like what's happening outside, and and he's standing next to an open window, and so Jonathan goes to close the window, and his dad yells, "Don't close that window! In fact, open all of them! Fuck you!" (laughs) But then it gets incredibly cold overnight, and his dad freezes to death. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Oh, that spike! Yeah, so audio spike. Yeah, so he gets, so so we then so we then like so he's then like, hey, I now have this estate. I now have a purpose in my life. Going to go find his girl, who had left with her brother to start a new parish. Goes off to find him and ends up running and ends up running across an old fucking hobo. This oh, hobo, no. this hobo though, is the fucking prophet of the Raven King, and he's the one who told the fucking Mister Norrell about the prophecy involving the two magicians. One whatever. This is the second magician. So he sells him two spells. He tries one of those spells, and it works. It's a spell to see what your enemy is currently doing, and it shows him Mr. Norrell. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and so now we have these and so now we have these two magicians, um, with Strange actually becoming the apprentice of Mr. Norrell, because Norrell is the only because Norrell is like a classically trained actual magician, and Strange is just kinda doing his own thing. So he's like, so his wife is, so his wife and him are both like, hey, I could learn something. So he goes and starts training with him, uh, but is potentially more powerful than him. Because while Norrell is, like I said, classically trained, he knows how to do spells. He has like this fucking massive library of books all about magic and magical history and stuff. Jonathan could just kind of do shit. Like, like without any training at all, he summons the he summons the ghost of a dead countess in her house. He is able to, 
he actually like he, he gets he gets like a little pamphlet thing and like to show Norrell his like actual magical skill. Gets a pamphlet, puts it in front of a mirror, and then and then puts the pamphlet inside the mirror and pulls its reflection out of the mirror. Which fucking actually surprises Norrell because he had not heard of that magic at all. That's essentially a new spell that Jonathan just invented. Wonderful. He just doesn't know how to control it, really. Like, he can put it in the mirror. He doesn't know how to get it out of the mirror. And the two begin to come to blows because, of course, they fucking do. And that's kind of where we've left off. Um, I know that in the next couple episodes, um, Strange goes to the front of the fucking Napoleonic War and begins like actually helping out the helping out the war effort in a practical manner. At least there's that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Norrell is back home trying to trying to hammer in the idea of proper English magic. And then fucking there's all kinds of shit happening. Uh, the gentleman, the fairy, has taken a liking to Strange's wife. So that's going to be a fucking fuck and a half. And we'll see where this goes. I, I really like this fucking show. Like just. I am a fan of mundane magic. And this idea that magic is and this idea that this magic is just like magic is magic exists. No one cares. I kind of love that. And like in the first episode, when Norrell gets to England and he starts going to all these high fancy parties, there are people there who are like, oh, yes, I know Mr. Norrell. Uh, uh, pardon me. Let me do it with the proper pronunciation that he uses. Oh, yes, I'm a dear friend of Mr. Norrell. What he did what he did in Yorkshire was just simply spectacular. The housewives loved it. Because the, when the rumor reached London, it had shifted from he brought all the statues in Yorkshire Abbey to life to a bunch of women just left their linens out. And when they came, when they woke up the next day, they were all clean. Oh. It was a wonderful, it was a wonderful spell of magic. <laughs> yeah, just magic is treated as so mundane that the miracle at Yorkshire was he cleaned their linens. <laughs> oh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna watch this show. <laughs> yeah, but then but then like as they go along, they start like doing the much more impressive shit. Like uh, they summon an they summon an entire fleet of fucking warships that are made out of rain. Uh, a ship gets caught in a like gets caught in a sandbar of horse sand. So so strange walks out onto the beach, slams his hand to the ground, and summons a fucking stampede of sand horses to knock it out of the fucking to knock it off the bar. And it looks great. Uh, like it's it's a it's a really great looking period piece. Uh, and it's all acted really well. If I knew any of the actors, like, like none of the actors in this are actors that I would know outside of Mr. Norrell. See, this is a British production, correct? Yes. I'm going to be watching it and I'm going to be like, oh, hey, it's so-and-so from Rosemary and Time. Oh, hey, it's so-and-so from Midsummer Murders. Oh, hey, it's so-and-so from Death in Paradise. Yeah, probably half the cast. That's what happens with. Probably half the cast has been on Doctor Who. It's what happens with every British show I watch nowadays. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, I recognize you. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just unfortunate because I wanted to buy the show on Blu-ray. Just like I wanted to like actually have it. Mm-hmm. I think my dad has it. I think my father-in-law has it. If I if I go to buy the Blu-ray on Amazon.ca, it is either spend $150 for 10 episodes. Oh, good Lord. Or spend 30 bucks for 10 episodes that may or may not be from the wrong region, so I won't be able to use it. Oh, Lord. Thanks, Canada. Thanks, region locking. Yeah, that shit's fucking whatever. Anyway, who? Moving right along. Talk about Power Rangers. Because Power Rangers Beast Morphers is out. The new season has happened. Two episodes are in. I've seen them both. And I really like this. Have you gotten... I really, I really wish that they... like. <laughs> I wish that they like, consecutive streamed it. Yeah, they don't, I don't, like, from what I've seen, I don't know if they stream a period right now. It's not, it's not being streamed yet. Trust me, I would know. (laughs) Suck it. (laughs) But I I can't, I I don't, I don't, I don't torrent, and I don't have the service that would let me walk. (gasps) I'm working at my mother's house, and she has cable. (laughs) (laughs) Saturdays at 8 a.m., I guess. I don't oh, know. fuck. I can't do that. Yeah. I'm working during the week. It's Power Rangers, dude. It's Saturday morning cartoons. I'll have to see if there's a day of the week where I can, like, catch it. So, Power Rangers Beast Morphers. In the city of Coral something. Uh, a company called Grid Battle. Or Grid fucking something. Like, Battle Grid. Some, some kind of grid thing. They are using a new technology to siphon energy from the morphing grid to create a near limitless source of energy. That energy like is called design. Morphex. I like the design. Yes. So with this Morphex energy, uh, they are going to be powering the city. The city, and once this city is fully powered on Morphex, they can potentially spread it to the entire world, thus making the world run entirely on clean, renewable energy. That's wonderful. What's the downside? Uh, the mayor of the city is like. You're literally making the energy from the morphing grid a physical thing that can be stolen. We're going to get fucked. People have been trying to access the morphing grid energy for centuries. You have physically done it. They're going to kill us. And so the the head of fucking GB, as they call it, is like, don't worry. We thought of that. We're making Power Rangers. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, so then as as they are beginning to make the Power Rangers by by few, by like essentially combining the Morph X with animal DNA and then showering that on people. Uh, um you, you hold know, up a minute. What? It's Power Rangers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems like a very bad idea. Oh, well, turns out it is, because as they're doing that, a sentient computer virus called Evox infects the, infects the Morphex they're using and turns two of the Rangers into evil copies of the Rangers. Could have warned you. Yep. Uh, but luckily, uh, the, the, third and, the third Ranger, who was the last to be changed, uh, 
manages to get out of the manages to be knocked out of the fucking like stasis field that's holding them for the for the process. And so he doesn't get turned into an evil version of himself. Also, there so happen to be two other people there who were who are, you know, skilled enough to be able to fight and help. And Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. One of them, the son of the mayor, the other, a custodian at the fucking uh, GB place. Fucking so fucking Rangers. Yeah, totally. So is this an all male team? No, nope, nope, uh, two guys, one girl. Okay. Yeah, the girl's a custodian. She's just also a big fucking Power Rangers nerd. I just realized how many seasons of Power Rangers, when the team is summed up by gender, sound like pornos. <laughs> the Red Rangers black. Which for which were like, I watch I watch some I watch some Andre the Black Nerd stuff and he is real happy about that. Yeah, that that's what the second Black Red Ranger. Uh, yes, actually, because it's uh him and then uh, uh, fucking RPM. RPM. Yeah, I don't think we've had an Asian Red Ranger yet. Uh, yeah. We did win. No, no, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. Okay. Because I'm trying to think back, and I know. Have we had a Spanish Red Ranger? I don't think so. I think it's been just white, black, and Samoan. Samoan? Yeah, uh, Ninja Storm. Oh, yeah! What nationality was the Red Ranger from Mystic Force? Oh, wait. Yeah, fuck. He he might be uh, that. Let me me check. Cultural cultural inclusion, <laughs> i.e., Power Rangers. All right, uh, so he is Australian. Uh, but uh, his name sounds sounds Indian to me. Yeah, Faras Durrani. He's he's of Lebanese descent. Lebanese. So he's Lebanese Australian. Multicultural through Power Ranger. Oh, he was in Pitch Black. Have I seen Pitch Black? It's the first Riddick movie. No, I haven't seen Pitch Black. It's pretty good. Anyway, back on topic. Oh, I want to watch Beast Morpher so much. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so the, so the two Wait, evil it's ones. It's fucking Nickelodeon. They're going to be streaming this constantly. Yeah, so the two evil copies of the previous Rangers are known as Avatars. Uh, and luckily, as things are happening, um, the the child scientist who found a, who found the way to make Morphex had also developed these uh, had also developed these dimensional projectors because they needed because they needed a explanation as to how the Power Rangers could just summon their weapons, which are they are back at fucking GB and they need them. Fucking, they're in these dimensional things, so they just go poop, and then it just appears next to them. So he so he manages to actually get them all into the pods and then fuses them with the DNA. So the lead, so the lead so the red ranger gets the DNA of a cheetah giving him super speed. The blue ranger gets the DNA of a gorilla which gives him super strength. And the yellow ranger gets the DNA of a jackrabbit means she can jump good. Okay, see that always angers me 
Because rabbits are horrifying. If you size up a rabbit, then it would have the physical strength to kick through a solid concrete wall. Yeah, watch Night of Lepus. The movie about giant rabbits terrorizing a small small country town. Or Zootopia, where you get to watch uh, Judy Hopps kick the shit out of a rhino. Yeah. So, anywho. Yeah, so they... One be- of these can be taken seriously. Yeah, so they beat the fucking... They beat the bad guys. They sent them off to another dimension. Where they are... Where it turns out they are... The dimension they were sent to is cyberspace. Which looks like hell. Oh, no. It's reboot. When they get there, uh, they meet a... Clockwork Samurai? I guess. What? I don't know. He's the he's the main costumed uh, lieutenant. Because okay. because like because like the evil because like the, the the avatars are actually rangers. Like like they spend like spend their time as like you know people, and then when it gets to a fight, they fucking morph. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, into evil rangers and. When, when like, they, how long has it been since we've had genuine evil rangers? Uh, like, that was fucking in space, wasn't it? Uh, no, uh, there was, um, there was, uh, SPD. And... Oh, yeah, no, they... The, while like, they were eventually turned, uh, Ninja Storm also. Evil, that's right. The Thunder Rangers. But it's still been a long time since we've The had Thunder Rangers were introduced as evil. Oh, shit. So there? That, yeah. Sorry, we got disconnected. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, SPD and uh, Ninja Storm both had evil rangers. I don't really count the Ninja Storm rangers because, like, they came over to the side of good. Okay, fair. But yeah, in uh, then SPD. Yeah, no, like, but it's still been a long time. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a fucking minute. But yeah, so that yeah, so that's that, that's that happens the first episode as they all get fucking chosen. Then going into the second episode, they they need to choose a team leader. Oh please, please tell me that it's that they choose someone other than Red because that would that would piss off so many Power Rangers fans. Uh, they don't. Damn. But the Red Ranger doesn't even put his hat into the ring. Oh. Yeah, like, like like the Red Ranger, uh, his like personality, for what it seems, is that he will do the right thing, but he's also relatively laid back about it. I already like him. Like like the reason that he broke like like he broke into GB specifically for the purpose of che- of checking out their battle simulator because it's the most advanced video game ever made. I want to hang out with this guy. But then when but then when he actually like got into it, he's like, oh, bad things are happening. I need to help. Like he was technically in the room when fucking Evox started taking over and was uh, and was like being forced out as part of the Evac. Oh no, wait, sorry. He was caught he was caught in that, uh, put in a prison cell for later. Then the Evox just started happening, alarms started going off, everyone started running, and he's like and and he had seen the virus before it had, before anything bad had actually happened. So he's like, Yeah, I should check this out, runs back. As the door is closing to, lock, to seal off the room, he dives in to help. Like a badass. Yeah, along with the fucking custodian, the Yellow Ranger. So anyway, uh, yeah, getting into the second episode, um, the Blue and Yellow Ranger are both vying hard for the job. 
Because the Blue Ranger is like, hey, I'm actually trained for this, and also, the commander's my mom. Oh my god, really? <laughs> meanwhile, the other meanwhile, the other ranger is like, is like, fucking dude. I have been wanting this since the day I was born. I was born, I was ready for this fucking fuck you, dude. Uh, she's the she's the one that we'd be hanging out with. <laughs> I I am I am being a bit facetious because I don't exactly remember the exact arguments. But yeah, but, but she's still the Power Rangers nerd. That's what you said. That's what you said she was, right? Uh, I again, it's a it's a matter of it's a matter of I am half remembering this. It, it, like like Power Rangers as a thing are known and like like known and respected in this world. But it's a, but it, I don't know if they actually have like, they, they mentioned like, like to do specific name drops on teams or whatever. Oh, I really hope they do. Cause that would be so fucking cool. But yeah. So anyway, we get into the fight and we get into this big fight. Uh, the two of them are like the two, uh, the yellow and blue Rangers are like, are like, Hey, look at this. I'm doing a thing a leader would do. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a thing a leader will do. Meanwhile, red Ranger is like, fucking help me. God damn it. Fine, I'll actually be the leader and save the day. God damn it, assholes! Oh no! Th- yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, so he just kind of like takes charge in that in- instance. Still doesn't say, "Hey, I'm in charge." Just kind of says, "Fucking god damn it, dudes! Things are happening, and you need to stop bitching. Get and- your dicks out of your ears and help me." Yeah. At which point, we learned that there is a bit of a problem. There was a bit of a problem with the DNA sequencing. Oh no. The cheetah, being a cat, is afraid of dogs. So whenever the Red Ranger sees a dog, he freezes. Oh, fucking Christmas. No. The Yellow Ranger burns energy really quickly, like a rabbit, so she needs to eat carrots. Otherwise, she, what? Otherwise she loses all of her energy and demorphs. <laughs> you know? That's... Like rabbits. What? The gorilla, the blue ranger, with his gorilla thing. When he gets too angry, his muscles overheat and he goes fucking kill crazy. To the point where he will straight up try to hurt his own teammates. <laughs> you know, like gorillas do. When gorillas get too hot, they become murder machines, right? <laughs> Yeah, that logic is stupid. And I don't know why they introduced it. The other thing they introduced in the second episode is the is the sentient control panels for their zords. Why do you hurt me, dead man? I'm not hurting. I didn't write this. Yes, but you're forcing me to hear it. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So each, so each of the three of them gets a robot companion. Uh, that all, that all have like, that are like sentient, have their own personalities and stuff. And when they need to act, when they need to get into their Zords, uh, they, the, their, these little buddies, fucking go into the Zords with them and then become the control sticks, as well as like the physical representation of their Zord. Uh, Red Ranger gets uh, one called fucking, I think. I don't, I don't remember the names. I don't remember a lot of names. But yeah, he's just he's just a dude who can then turn to a motorcycle. Uh, the Yellow Ranger gets a small rabbit whose only body parts that move are its ears. And it talks like it's fucking Jay-Z. And if you call him cute, he'll get fucking real pissed. 
Oh, God. And the blue guy gets a giant gorilla that loves hugs. But Blue Ranger doesn't like hugs. And here we get the kids show aspect. Yeah, it's almost like it's Power Rangers. But yeah, uh, second episode, uh, it introduced a lot of the more dumb ideas. Oh, also, there's a bulk and skull in this that are the worst. Despite the fact that they've arguably than- done more to help than... Despite the fact that they've arguably done more to help in the actual field. Like, I've got to ask, are they genuinely worse than fucking the the two assholes from last season who I'm pretty sure were secretly a gay couple? Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of last season, so I don't rightly know. Just I know that these two are... So, so it's brother and sister. Uh, the brother is big, fat, and adorable. Uh, the young, the younger, uh, the sister is uh, short and a bitch. Which is fucking wonderful. Uh, both of them are like security personnel or something. Both of them are incompetent, and both of them helped take out one of the bad guys and save the Rangers. Just, just, just delicious. Yep, so they're going to be somewhat important. Kill me. And we'll see how bad they get going forward. Uh, kind of the worst part about them is just like, like the bulk and skull music. Oh, they're still using that? Like this version of it, which is infinitely worse. Because it's still just as bad as Bulk and Skull, but doesn't have the excuse of being made in 1995. The show has some strong points. Like, I like I like the main Ranger cast. Uh, some of the support staff is interesting. Has decent setup, decent bad guys with, like, their whole plan thing. Like, a good hook to keep things, happen- keep things happening. Uh, like... Like they actually have like an in-universe reason as to why they can only send one guy to the fucking real world at a time because it takes more effects to actually cross dimensions like that, and they only have oh. a limited supply of it. I like that. And, I always like it when they actually try to give a good reason. Yeah, and for like why. and like their whole plan is we need to steal enough morph X to be able to take the massive intellect that like take the massive power drain that is Evox back to the real world. Like that's why all this is happening. The, like people, like the fucking bad guys are stealing Morphex in order to be able to send monsters over to steal more Morphex. They can send their big general over. And yeah, like all that is fine. It's just the things that make it's the things that kind of make it Power Rangers are still a little bit annoying because they've been annoying since the beginning. I like hugs. <laughs> He's like, ah, I'm not a hugger. Oh, but I like hugs. Didn't you hear me earlier when I said I like hugs? I'm blue. But like also sad because I can't hug. Dabu dee, dabu die. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do that. Anyway, else, that's Beast Morbers. Um, strong start. Less strong follow-up. We'll see where it goes from here. So then, moving on. I uh, watched the Umbrella Academy show on Netflix. It is about as good as the comic, which is to say, it's okay. 
Wow. <laughs> okay. Which I like the comic. I like the show. They're both just okay. Uh, it, it was a weird experience, like watching the show, seeing the changes they made, going, these changes make sense for the story, for like the story they're telling. It's about as good as the comic. They're both just okay. Yeah, so uh, like the biggest thing that kind of changes from the show to the comic, well, from the comic to the show, is the scale of what's happening. As well as the scale of just kind of everything. Like uh, in the comic, so so I guess so I guess just for broad overview for those who don't know, uh, Umbrella Academy follows the uh, follows the students of the Umbrella Academy, which are six to seven, depending on how you count it, people who were born all on the same day from women who weren't pregnant when they woke up that morning, who were then all bought by world-renowned billionaire and adventurer Reginald Hargreaves. As a superhero team. That Who didn't is go- a massive dickbag. Yes. That didn't go well. And now we're here where they're all grown up. After their dad dies. It's a whole fucking thing. So in the comic, uh, one of the thing one of the like details that they that like they, that, like leads the book off as for like the day when all this happened. It was the day that a professional wrestler ran off the top rope and dropped an atomic elbow on a space squid. Like a legitimate space squid? Yes, it was it was it was an alien squid from a different planet. It was the first time it had ever happened in professional wrestling. Well, no fucking duh. No, 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 not not fighting a space squid, going off the top rope on one. Yeah, it's like fucking bone crusher on the top rope drops the fucking people's elbow on it. And then at that time, 40, peop- 40 women around the world just all of a sudden are pregnant and give birth. Meanwhile, in the show, there is none of that context. It's just, on this day, at this time, a bunch of fucking women just pooped out babies. Fucking weird as hell, dude. Yeah, so, the ones that we follow are, um, number one. Yeah, because Hargreaves did not name any of them. He just gave them numbers. Oh God! Yes, numbers in the numbers in uh, numbers that in his mind ranked them in order of usefulness. Oh fuck him! Yeah, yeah. So we got number one, Luther. Number two, Diego. Number three, um, Allison. Number four, Klaus. Number five, no name given. Number six, Ben, and number seven, Vanya. And each of them had their own, you know, superhero names. Luther is Space Boy, because he went to space. Uh, Diego is the Kraken. Uh, Allison is the Rumor. Klaus is the Seance. Number five is still number five. Uh, Ben is the Horror. And Vanya is Vanya, because she had no powers. Yeah, and so that is the whole thing. Uh, Yeah, we got this family. Horribly, horribly dysfunctional family, uh, each with their all with their own superpowers, except for Vanya, who is the normal one, supposedly. Because, spoilers for the, the fucking everyone who didn't see this coming, all three of you. Vanya has superpowers. 
<gasps> really? She got the super its powers. I would never have guessed it. Yeah, and like I said, all of my powers. Uh, Luther has super strength. Uh, Diego, in the comics, his power was he could hold his breath forever. But he was also really good with knives. In the comic, in the show, his power is knives. Just he is the world's best knife thrower. Like, he, he's able to get, like, a fucking pen knife and curve it around a corner to stab someone in the ass. Uh, Allison's uh, the rumors powers are when she says, I heard a rumor she can affect the world. In the show. Oh. Yes. In the show, it appears to be like just some kind of mind control thing. Like, like any instance that we've seen of her using her powers, it is using her powers on a person. In the comic, she warps reality. Like at like at one point they're fighting a giant resurrected like a giant animated statue of George of uh, Abraham Lincoln, like the like the Lincoln Monument came to life and started destroying the city. So then she says, "I heard a rumor that Lee, that fucking um, that John Wilkes Booth shot him in the head, and then a giant stone statue of John Wilkes Booth appears behind him and shoots him in the head." Okay. Like again, it's like she like in in show. Affects people in the comic affects the reality. reality. Um, Klaus in the sh- in the comic um, on the show he can talk to ghosts and and when we get to the end of it, it seems that through his powers he can actually channel the ghosts to have them affect the physical world. Cool. Yeah. In the sh- in the show, I mean the comic, uh, he. Physically channels them through his body so that, like, they kind of possess him. And he also has telekinesis. Like, telekinesis is powerful enough to stop a piece of the moon from landing after falling out of orbit. Wow. That's impressive as fuck. Yes. Uh, Number five has limited space and time travel abilities. Uh, But they're a bit wonky. Like in the like in the in the show, uh, he jumps forward in time by multiple years up until up to the end of the world. Uh, but can't figure out a way to go back in time, and also is use and also uses his abilities to like you know teleport around. Uh, in the comic, he can only go forward in time, not back, because going back in time is apparently impossible until he figures it out. Um, and he is also able to use his time abilities to move at super speeds by by doing micro jumps forward in time. Oh, that's cool as fuck. Yes. And then he was also infused with the DNA of the world's greatest serial killers. And thus became the world's greatest assassin. That's not how... That's how DNA works, right? It's like Power Rangers. Got to use the DNA of a jackrabbit so she needs to eat carrots. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so Ben is called the horror and he has living inside of him eldritch entities of immense power and terror lovely yeah so he'll open his shirt and then a bunch of tentacles come out and just kill everything in the room what number was he number six why is he number six because shut up 
No, that makes no fucking sense. This guy supposedly ra- rated them on utility. Why is he the lowest? <laughs> because Hargreaves is an idiot. Just straight up an idiot. And then meanwhile, Vanya, she plays the violin. Uh, in the show, uh, she has this, she has the ability to like channel and amplify sound energy to like create physical energy. Like she's able to like take her own heartbeat and like cause an earthquake. Meanwhile, what number was she? Number seven. What the fuck? So here's the thing. Hargreaves. So she couldn't control her powers very well. And Hargreaves was afraid of her. So he had out. So he, so he fucking intentionally made her believe she had no powers and treat her like shit so that he, so that, and then fucking what? Like I said, Hargreaves is fucking an idiot. Sorry, he is a fucking idiot. Not fucking idiot. He's he doesn't, he doesn't fuck anybody. His dick don't work. Because his dick is squids. Are you serious? Potentially. He's joking. Potentially, he's an alien. He's a squid alien. Kind of. Of course. Well, it, it's weird. So, in the comic, it is revealed, essentially issue one, like page three, that he's an alien. Uh, in the show, it's not revealed until episode ten. Which is the final episode of the season. You know. Anyway. Um, yeah, so. well, in, in the comics, uh, her power is specifically built around the music itself. Like her playing music. She's able to generate force that's enough to like blow people's heads off and in the world. Whereas in the show, it's all sound. Uh, yeah, and so the big thing is that hey, your dad died. Everyone begin. Everyone begins to come back to the mansion, and number five, who has been gone for like thirteen years or something, reappears and says, "Hey, the world's going to end in about a week." So then, their horrible fucked up families try to figure out what the fuck's happening and what's going on. So does the show just like? Like, would they keep pushing back the end of the world? No, no, no. The end of the world is still in a week. And the show takes place over the course of a week. How many episodes is it? Ten. Okay, I can see that working. Yeah, it's just uh, what the show does is the show, because it is ten episodes supposed to six issues, um, they take a bit more time dealing with the actual characters. Like, it is a lot more about character relations with people outside the family as well as relationships within the family. Because that like in the comic there is a bit of thing given to the relationship specifically between uh Luther and Allison. Uh because despite being raised brother and sister, they want fuck. Oh, that is so shocking. Yep. Uh but there's a you bit know- of- there was actually exactly one instance in which I was shocked by that, and that was in the Brady Bunch. Because <laughs> it's like, the Brady Bunch is covering this topic? Was that the movie? Really? I think so. Yeah, I think that was the movie. I've heard fucking, um, I've heard nothing but amazing things about the Brady Bunch movie, and I haven't seen it yet. It, it, it is something special. 
Okay, I need all to see I can it. Say about it. It is something special. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so them fucking is a bit weird because, like, we you know, brother and sister. Uh, but also, Luther is part monkey. Yeah, so Luther, Luther's power is super strength. And he was, you know, the number one. Fucking, yeah, he was going out doing stuff. Um, but then when, but then one day on a mission, something went wrong. In the show, he's going, to, like, people are stealing chemicals or whatever, goes to fight, gets doused in chemicals and is dying. So his dad injects him with a serum that infuses him with ape DNA and makes his torso an ape torso. So he is tiny human head, giant ape torso in midsection, tiny human legs. Uh, in the comic, he was fighting Martian apes. His body was destroyed, so his dad took his head and put it onto a Martian ape body. So now he's a human head attached with science onto a, onto a, onto a Martian ape body. You know comics. I really wish that I didn't actually, like, I prefer the comics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah. So with the show, it is dealing with, it is like dealing with their baggage. Um, Vanya, after she had like kind of left, like after everyone had left, she went out on her own and wrote a book uh, called Extraordinary. But I'm Tish. Which caused a bit of a rift between her and the rest of the family. Especially, with, especially between her and Diego. Uh, Diego is one is another one of the ones who left. He left to be a vigilante. Uh, but he he's the one that was kind of hurt the most by it. He like he's the one who's like is kind of uh, hate. He's the one who like feels the most animosity towards her because she wrote the book. Um, Allison is like, hey, yeah, you're my fucking sister. We'll fucking be cool. Luther is. As emotional as one can be when you spend your entire life being raised by someone like Hargreaves. And then the other ones are just kind of like, hey, you're here. Cool. Whatever. Bye. And then, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that kind of caused that little bit. There was a bit of a rift there. Um, and then everyone else, like they were so fucking weird when they were raised. That they are all kinds of fucked. Like Klaus is a Klaus is a drug addict who needs to use drugs to not see the fucking horrible faces of tortured dead people. Uh, the most me- yeah, the most meaningful re- relationship in Diego's life is the cop that he constantly harasses, who he used to date after he before he dropped out of the police academy for throwing too many knives, I guess. Uh, number five, like I said, is a murderer. Uh, Ben is dead. Just, he died at some point before the show started or before the comic started. Oh. And so now just kind of hangs around with fucking, uh, Klaus as a ghost. It's just, just weird, man. Yeah. Uh, so with, yeah, so with the show, like I said, spend more time with the family relationship dynamics, actually building that out. So everyone feels like a character, including Vanya. In the comic, Vanya got fucking nothing. She, like, in in the comic in the in the show, she doesn't really start getting toward like the apocalyptic side of things until like the back half of the season. In the comic, issue one, she's ready to kill the world. 
Oh, yay. Yeah, and so that's, that's actually one of the things I like the most about the show. Uh, Ellen Page is in it as Vanya. And so getting to see her and see the build-up to a, unfortunately, kind of anticlimactic end that doesn't really feel earned, uh, that was still one of the better things about the show, just seeing just seeing Vanya get like start form relationships, seeing how seeing how those work out, and then seeing her slow devolve into just chaos. I really enjoyed. Um, Ellen Page is a fantastic actress, and it's actually cool seeing someone of like her kind of now caliber in a in like a show like this. Because like the other big name of note is fucking Colm Fior. Who I don't think anybody will really know. Despite the fact that I fucking love him. Speaking of actually, actually calling back to earlier thing. He's the bad guy in the second Riddick movie. <laughs> he was also in Bong Cop Bad Cop. The Canadian buddy cop comedy movie. The reason that the bon is in French is because the reason that the good in the good cop is French is because it's about a cop from Ontario working with a cop from Quebec. Because a body okay. was dropped from a plane and it landed on the and it landed on the sign that divided the fucking provinces. Oh fucking Christ. <laughs> oh god. That is the stupidest reason. Bon cop bad cop in theaters now. <laughs> that is such a dumb reason. Uh but yeah, I uh, yeah, so relationship stuff that all works really well. Um, the show, the show has this weird habit of like devolving into musical numbers, like dance numbers. Like, like once everyone kind of gets back and gets back to the fucking mansion, uh, Luther puts on like a record of "I Think We're Alone Now" or whatever that song's called, and then every single person in the house starts dancing individually in a room as it pulls back to this weird like dollhouse side cut of the house. To see everyone dancing in their individual rooms. And then during one of the first big action scenes of the show, um, it's scored to Istanbul by They Might Be Giants. What is this? For no reason. Like, it's not playing on the jukebox or anything. It's not like someone's listening to it on the fucking, like, Walkman or whatever. They just play it. As a child murders a bunch of adults. Because you know, number five, the world's greatest, the history's greatest hitman. Uh, what else is there? I'm trying. I'm trying to draw on the blank just because I'm my head's being weird right now. But yeah, uh, while, while they do, while, while the show does a good job with like you know the family dynamic, the relationship, and all that relationships with all the characters and stuff, uh, there's tonal issues like with the aforementioned dance numbers. Just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, the ending is really, really falls flat despite the build up to it. And it doesn't really feel earned. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like it is like it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird thing where I'm at right now where I don't really know what to recommend. Like, like a lot of these things, I can usually say like, "Yeah, sh- yeah the show's pretty good." Read the book. With this, it's kind of either or. 
Like, do you want a show that scales down the things to a more personal level, but doesn't really earn its ending? Or do you want a thing that has like that insane, massive fucking comic book scale, but with pacing issues and the main villain not really having a character? You can't take you can't take either. So yeah, that's that's the Umbrella Academy. It's on Netflix now. Might be worth a watch if you're interested. I'm curious, but also horribly confused. What is definitely worth a watch, though, is the motherfucking Lego Batman movie. You just now saw that? I just now saw that. It was good shit, ain't it? It is fucking good, dude. I love how many fucking just, like, like no-name fucking villains that were brought into that fucking movie. Yeah, this is that great joke. It's like, <gasps> Condiment King! Yeah. You made some of those up, didn't you? <laughs> nope. All of them legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> and like I the best part is I actually I went with my wife and she was like, Are all of those Batman villains? And I was like, All of those are Batman villains, and there are worse ones. Yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> those weren't even all the bad ones. There's a dude with no arms who throws hammers using his toes. That's just that's just a guy. Fucking Batman. Uh, yeah, I I fucking love this movie. It's not. It has a lot of problems. I still kind of love it. Like like like, none of the problems involve like the animation or humor or like any of the acting. It's just the problems I have with it are like just kind of pacing issues. And. Personal stuff about Batman. Like if you listened, if you listen to any of our other podcasts, you may have heard, or, or like or like other stuff that we do, you may have seen Felling Titans, the show where myself, Birdie, and Nico from the Comics Podcast watch all of Titans. Uh, we have more episodes of that coming out soon. Just waiting for um, some audio to get in, get in for the edit, but. One of our bigger problems with that thing is how the show misrepresents Batman. We've we've seen I've seen other people who talk about Titans who actually like that. Despite the fact that that is 100% not what Batman is. In any capacity at all. And it's a it's it's a much 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 lesser version of that but a similar kind of thing where like hey Batman shows up and he and he immediately falls in love with Barbara Gordon. Ew. That is It's like it's like finding out a friend of yours is fucking their uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Batman how Batman treats Alfred until the en- before the ending. Yeah. Like this is very much a No. It's very much a what? Like I I have been told too much about this show and don't want to think about it anymore. Tight, tight, you don't watch don't watch Titans unless you watch it with our commentary tracks available now on DustWorldProds.com. Because I'm a fucking shill. Sue me. Support us on Patreon, bitch. Actually, I, I hate to say this, but don't. Because then he'll make us watch more terrible things. I'm going to make you do that anyway. Yeah, but At least now I'll we might have- get paid for it. Yes, but I'll have to do it because someone on Patreon donated the right amount of money to convince me that it was worth my time. 
So if you want me to suffer, donate to our Patreon. Oh god, they're going to donate now, aren't they? Probably not. Because no matter what, I'm going to make you suffer. (laughs) I thought we were friends. Yes, that's why I'm making you suffer. That's how I show affection. I have problems. Oh, but yeah, uh, so animation style is still the same as was in the Lego is as was in the Lego movie, which means it looks fucking incredible. Like the the way that they the way that the people fucking making this movie have found to act to like properly CG animate Lego stop motion stuff is kind of nothing short it, of incredible. Yeah, it's it's absolutely appropriate. It is perfect. Yeah, and one of my favorite little things they do with the, they do with the animation, um, it's a small thing that I didn't notice until like the very end, but Batman never shoots his grappling hook straight up. He always shoots it to the side. Huh. So every time... Now he, that you mention that. So every time he shoots his grappling hook, it's shoot it to the side, and then he watches the Lego figure just falls over then flies off screen. I never thought about that, but you're right. <laughs> My absolute favorite moment is the twelve pack, where where he where they ha- he has to flex the city back together. Yeah, yeah, just like the city is falling apart because apparently Gotham was built over a void. And well, all Lego constructions are. Yeah, and the and the entire thing is is the joke. Like the Joker's whole plan is trying to convince Batman that they have a relationship. <laughs> So wonderful. Yeah. And so at the end, they like form a bridge. They form like a people bridge because, you know, Legos. And they're trying to like flex the city back together, but he can't reach over to the other side. And so he actually, so Batman gives like this heartfelt confession to the Joker that he needs him in order to feel complete as Batman, which I should be a bit miffed about just given that their relationship over the years, but like it's kind of appropriate. And so, and so, yeah, like they, they like grab hold and just like start crunching the city together. And it just clicks back together. Yes! Yeah, everything's fine. And then as they're being lowered down, just the, the sunset is behind them. Picture like framing them in this fucking Halo-esque glow as they're both just saying, oh, I hate you. It's so dumb. I wish I knew how so to quit beautiful. you. <laughs> it's so dumb and beautiful. And I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um... Robin's in there too. Uh, he is. It's played by Michael Sarah, and he's perfect. He is amazing. He is. He, he is a. He's, he's like a happy-go-lucky. He's a happy-go-lucky five-year-old who looks exactly like everyone else. So he's, he's like doing like the. So he's like doing like the whole like, hey, you're my dad stuff, and like jumping around and like fucking excitable as hell. But he's voiced my, by Michael Sarah. My absolute favorite thing in the entire movie is. Oh, too bad. Looks like you can't wear your costume. No, I'm wearing it underneath my uniform. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, because so great. Because the Rob- he throws a spare set of legs at Batman. Yeah, because Robin's thing is like Robin's costume is a Batman is a reggae themed Batman costume that he just took the fucking cowl and Rasta head off of, and he's like, ah, oh, it's kind of hard to move with these pants. Rips them off. Oh god! There we go. I can only look you in the eyes right now. <laughs> Your Batman from that movie is actually pretty dot dead on. Yeah, that's because that's because that's, that's a joke Batman voice. 
which is what Will Arnett's doing. Yeah, it's still Will Arnett, and he's fucking incredible. First try. First try. You just blend with your surroundings. Become one with the night. You see me? Yes. About now. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I can still see I, you. I'm so ashamed of you right now. Smoke bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and they still include like the master builder stuff from the Lego movie. Yeah. This is, which means it's technically canon. Yeah, this isn't this isn't like a separate thing. This is a straight up sequel to the Lego movie. It could be a prequel. Yeah, prequel, sequel, either. Because because uh, like like mas- like the term master builder is said and used. Because Batman is still a mm-hmm. master builder. He teaches Robin how to be a master builder. And like the world is still Lego bricks. And mm-hmm. and they know this. So, like, there's a point where they are, like, falling out of the sky, and so he has to build one of his fucking bat vehicles, and he has fucking Barbara Gordon, Dick Grayson, and Alfred throwing him pieces as they use the, as they use the building they're in that's falling to build his fucking bat thing. And the main fight at the end is against every single creature that Warner Brothers has the, has the, has the fucking IP rights to. Yeah, every villainous creature. Yeah, like, they've, like they fight, uh, yeah, they fight Voldemort... Sauron, the raptors from Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park, uh, or whatever. King Kong, King Kong, some uh, kind of sea monster whose name I can't remember. Off, yeah, some kind, of, some kind of fucking sea monster. Uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. Did you mention Dracula yet? Dracula. Fucking just anybody they anybody Warner Brothers had the rights to. They're just like, yeah, hey, let's put them in there. They can make Legos out of them, right? There are already Legos of them, right? So yeah, we could just animate them. I loved Sauron in this. Yeah, Sauron is great. It's like the rivers will run red with his blood. What? No. How about lava? Yeah, that that's more, but that's more the angle we're going for. Lava. <laughs> lava. Yes, lava. <laughs> yeah, Zach Galifianakis' Joker is not a great Joker, but a good character in this. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't do a whole lot of the like the really good Joker stuff. Um, he just kind of is. He's just kind of playing this really like sad guy who's trying to get this guy who's trying to get this other guy to notice him. Really, to me, he seems more like the guy who is the member, the person in an open relationship who wants it to become a genuine one. Yeah, there we go. It, 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 like he is, like he is. Hey, we've been dating for months. We hang out sometimes, and I don't know, have sex, but no, we're not exclusive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I gotta go. Clayface is waiting for me. Well, I'm right here, though. Yeah. Aren't I special? <laughs> nah. Not really. Later. You're just... Do, do you even pay rent? <laughs> Mirror keys are on a copy of my new mixtape. Check that out. Bye. Because <laughs> apparently Batman's also a rapper. <laughs> I want to rewatch this movie now. <laughs> ah, so good. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, like I said, uh, like I said, uh, some some of like the just regular Batman stuff, and then uh, pacing issues. Our thing with this, like it, like the, like the whole thing is laid out just straight up as as Batman's relationships for like Batman forming new relationships forces him to realize that he's been a bad person, and that has to reevaluate all he does in his life. Mm-hmm. Which is straight up a line of dialogue in the movie, and it does that, and it does that incredibly quickly. 
with the with the help of a literal floating god brick. Yeah. And the big final thing at the end is literally a joke that just is that just right, yeah, crunch. Mm, tch, yay. Is that literally the speed of it? So it's not super it's not like super well paced like that, but it's it's funny, perfect like fantastically animated. It is it is not as good as a Lego movie, but it is a decent follow up to it. Which is probably what I'm up saying about the Lego movie too. The Lego movie too. What was that? I didn't. I'm looking forward to the Lego movie too. I haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. Yeah, neither have I. I'm going to. Uh, but I'll probably have similar feelings toward that that I have toward this. Of yeah, it's these follow ups. Don't as good as that other one. But I guess we'll see. That's it for what we're watching then. On to news. We got one thing of news, and it is a big thing. It's the thing the internet has been clamoring for for fucking ever. At least since it happened. So, a while back, Disney announced that they were firing James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. After oh. yep, after a bunch of fucking cunts uh, dug up some old tweets of his where he made jokes about pedophilia and rape. James Gunn had apologized for those tweets years ago and did so again afterwards. And the entire internet was fucking... Disney, rehire James Gunn. What the dick are you doing? Uh, turns out Disney had actually been talking to James Gunn since they fired him. And now he's back. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is coming from uh, this is coming from uh, the folks over at Deadline. Where apparently after the firing, um, Alan Horn, the current, the current chairman of Walt Disney Studios, had met with Gunn on multiple occasions. Uh, to discuss the situation and stuff. And given James Gunn's actual response to what happened, they're like, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's bring it back, dude. Because since those tweets resurfaced and that all happened, James Gunn was never, like, defensive about what happened. He was never like, well, fuck you guys. Like, like uh, this article um, kind of uh, compares it to the Kevin Hart situation. Where Kevin Hart was going to host the Oscars. Uh, some tweets came out where he was like homophobic or something and he was like, yeah, well, fuck you guys. And then just didn't host the Oscars. James Gunn was, James Gunn was, Hey, these tweets came out about you being, you joked about pedophile and rape. Yeah. That was back in my old days. And I was like trying to be really provocative and stuff. I have grown since then. And I am sorry that those tweets, and I'm sorry that I made those tweets. So he's like, well, okay. Yeah. That's actually a leveled response to this. And you seem to actually have grown as a person. So fucking yeah. Welcome back, dude. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, so James Gunn is back in the director's chair for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which, fucking yes, dude. That's great. That is sincerely great. Like, earlier before the recording, we were talking about how Marvel has become a little... Stale? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is the one franchise that isn't suffering from that right now. Even Spider-Man is suffering from a little bit of the Marvel staleness, in my opinion. And I mean Homecoming, not Spider-Verse. Uh-huh. Yeah, Spider-Verse Spider- is... Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse is Spider-Verse the... is absolutely delicious pie, and I want more of it. Yeah. Well, you're getting it. Because, yeah, they're making a sequel and a spinoff. Because it's movies. 
hey, I'll watch it. So long as it's of similar quality. Man. But, like, I, I, I want more Guardians of the Galaxy because that added... It's like having a... Marvel is like having a burger. Yeah, it's good. But everything's improved with bacon. And Guardians of the Galaxy was the bacon of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, you get bored of burgers every day. Throw a little bacon on there and it'll make it all better. <sighs> yeah, James Gunn is a tremendous filmmaker with a wholly unique visual style and way of making movies that is near irreplaceable. That is near irreplaceable. Russo Brothers did that kind of all right with their segments in fucking Avengers Infinity War. But it's great seeing James Gunn back. Uh, it would have been it would have been just like weird if someone else had directed it while still using James Gunn's script. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like they they had stated that they would be using that they would still be using James Gunn's script, which would just be like walking in. Walking into like your buddy's house, just seeing someone else wearing their clothes. And saying, hey, what is good, friend? It is me, your booty. <laughs> Would you like to play some of the Nontando? <laughs> oh, man. My mom made I'm us just, insects on stick. I, I am just imagining... Um, like the chameleon from Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, like the maximum no fucks given replacement that he could do. Didn't even change his skin. Just put on the shirt. <laughs> just sitting yeah, there. J- just, and the guy's mom's white. like, we just accept it. Yeah, just, just white. Just, it. just completely white faced wearing the fucking thing. And it's, and he's just, just like, it's like, it's like, good evening, friend. I am he- I am here for the merriment. I have come to play the dandy. Is that how it is pronounced? The dandy. <laughs> yes, oh, welcome. Man. I am look. I am looking forward to sitting down with you and your partner to play the phone of to play the phone of Eldritch. Yes, <laughs> we are to be having the fun. Anyway, yeah, that's news. That's good news. It's very good news. Yeah. Um. Um. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's about appropriate. That's news. Uh, there, there's actually a piece of news that I want to talk about. Oh, really? Um. So a while back, Netflix got into this kind of choose your own adventure episode deal. Yes, with that a few was of uh, their shows and movies and things. Yeah, that was um, um, Bandersnatch. A Bandersnatch was one of them. They also did uh, a Puss in Boots kind of choose your own adventure thing, and uh, one for Stretch Armstrong, uh, which actually like tied between the two seasons. Like it's like this is what happened between the two. So I think there was a few others, but they've done well enough that they're going to try and do more of them, and. I really like this. Okay. I really like this because it's bringing something fresh to the medium. Yes, the fresh of Junior's Adventure. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know what you're going for. I'm jokes. 
it's it's still it's something interesting something new and anytime someone brings a new way to tell a story i'm always all for it it's one of the reasons why i get so so very angry whenever i hear someone say that video games aren't art has anyone has anyone said that since roger ebert died i have actually had a relative tell me that video games don't count as art they're just uh, wish fulfillment. And I looked them dead Fucking in the what? eye. I know. And I looked them dead in the eye and started rattling off movies that they loved. And he was like, why are you doing that? I'm like, wish fulfillment, motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, what? I, 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 I don't even get that argument. Apparently it can't be art if it makes you happy. <laughs> like, I, I don't get it either. What? 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 Yeah, no, it's emotion. I don't talk to my, this relative very often because they're not the best conversation. Shocking. But I, I, oh. I love it whenever somebody brings something new to the medium, especially because there is a there are a series of books that you can buy on Steam. There's dozens and dozens of these, and they're choose your own adventure books. And I think they would be absolutely brilliant if they were converted into the Netflix format. I don't know how they could do it, not easily, but I think it would be brilliant if they did. Yep, so keep this in mind, studios, the hot new idea that's changed the medium. Something from 1987. Isn't it from way earlier than that? The point stands. (laughs) Yes, yes it does. So, that's for news. Never release stuff. Coming up this week, fucking nothing. Just straight up. I'm looking at new releases coming out this week, and it is fucking nothing I have heard of. The closest thing to, like, a fucking new idea, like, like, like closest thing to, like, a recognizable thing, is a fucking new Nancy Drew movie. Woo. Starring the girl from the new It. Oh, her. Yeah, she's Nancy Drew. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next week, though, uh, is uh, is Us, the new Jordan Peele movie. Which we also talked a bit about beforehand. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super pissed at the trailer right now. Because, like... It so fucking spoils the twist. And you can tell that they want it to be a twist, even with the title. And it, it just makes me angry. Because I, I hate it. I hate it when they do that. I want I want to be surprised by the twist. Ah, well, suck it up. It's 2019. You can't be surprised anymore. Get fucked. I know. It's depressing, yeah. though. You want to be surprised? And, and then, don't then do it any. turns out that it's actually just like a regular monster movie, and Jordan Peele just told the trailer people something entirely different. <laughs> yeah, so sh- they wouldn't ruin the twist. He shot a fake trailer. Yes, that would be great. That would actually that would be actively amazing. Actively be awesome. That would be that would be fucking fantastic. Like you, you name a movie something like real fucking vague, so that it could entirely be anything. Shoot a trailer for it with the actual cast that is something else, and then release the movie. And it's a like it's like hey, like it's it's, it's the rom com Deadpool trailer. Oh, also, I now know who to blame for the most annoying joke I've ever had a restaurant uh, worker make at my expense repeatedly, and it is like it is Key and Peel. 
So he is at least half responsible for it. Oh, Aaron? Yes. Okay. Every time I go to Taco Bell, my local Taco Bell, if I give them my real name, they call Aaron. And it is so fucking irritating. Also, how'd you know my name? We're friends on Facebook. We are? Yeah. I have a Facebook? Also, you comment on our videos. I do? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I've known your real name for years. You told it to me like a year after we were, after you started working with me. I did. I, see, that's weird to me because, like, my my nickname and my handle are like I use them more than I use my real name. No, oh, yeah, I know. Whenever whenever a friend calls me by my real name, I'm just like, who are you talking to? No, yeah, I get that. Uh, like back when I was living with people I used to work with, they never referred to me by my real name. Like the people, like people who were here before you, one of them did not know what my name was. <laughs> they just knew me as dead. I actually joked with my wife that she better know my real name before we get married, and she just gave me a dirty look because <laughs> she only calls me by my real name. Like, she refuses to use my. <laughs> I know your real name, Travis. Let's go. <laughs> I wish she had done that. <laughs> Because that would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah. Anywho. Uh. But yeah, us, it's still, even with the with the twist spoiled, it still looks like it's going to be fucking intense. Oh, yeah. And and I, it's got a solid cast. And it'll be cool seeing them playing, you know, normal version and creepy version. Like for us, on the trailer so far, it is, is, it looks, it looks real fucking good. Lupita Nyong'o is a really good actress, and we got the fucking, I'm, we got fucking, I think it was Dominic from fucking Person of Interest. I, I don't know who any of these people are. You ever seen Person of Interest? I have. I just. Uh, like I don't remember. Well, yeah, he was he was one of the big bads um, leading up to the fucking um, installation of Samaritan. Yeah, don't know what Samaritan is. It's the evil machine. Okay. Yeah, Winston Duke's the guy's name. He's playing. He's playing the other. He's playing one of the other leads. And yeah, he's really good. He was in Baku in Black Panther. Oh. I might be able to bait my wife into seeing a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so that comes out. Uh, but the thing I'm really looking forward to is the thing that comes out the week after that. Which is fucking... Which is fucking... The real Captain Marvel! Yeah, it's Shazam. That's out. That's out the week after next. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for it. And I will have money for that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we might be getting a little bit of a DC renaissance. Because, like, they made their hot garbage, and now it seems like they're, like, steering away from the turn. You know what I mean? Either they can continue skidding down the hill, or they can make entertaining, colorful movies like Aquaman and Shazam. 
I'm wondering about that because it still is kind of hot trash right now. Aquaman was apparent. Oh, was apparently very good. So from from what I've heard, it was good because it was entertainingly bad. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. It's 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 one of those things where like this shit's kind of up in the air. But the but like I, Aquaman is kind of like a bad example for me because I'm not a big fan of their characterization of Aquaman. Fair. Like I like Jason Momoa. I like Aquaman. I don't like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I, I'm sorry, I got distracted because I yawned and my cat yawned in, in response. It's adorable. That's fair, we're talking about Aquaman. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back at some point with more of this shit. <coughs> ah, fuck. Hmm. So long as both of us actually manage to get some sleep and then manage to drive ourselves to watch something, <laughs> we'll be back eventually. Uh, sleep. Hmm. I'm dead. And I'm going to bed. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>